Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our throwback review of Jurassic Park. Don't know how the music goes. Is uh, someone along like da 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 <laughs> Spoilers. So we're going to do a review of Jurassic Park for two things. That the, the latest Jurassic Park or Jurassic World is coming out, which are including the original Three Musketeers or Three Stooges, however you want to look at it, of the 1996, oh, sorry, my fault, 1993 release of the original movie that kicked off this franchise, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and the always charismatic Jeff Goldblum with some people that we know as co-stars in there. And that we're reviewing this also because my birthday is coming up. It is June 10th, the same as the release of Jurassic World Dominion. Oddly enough, this movie came out in 1993, a day after my birthday. So it was kind of like a full circle, if you will. And this is supposed to be the last of the franchise until they make another one, I guess. This movie is an amazing mess. If you look at it, as a film student. If you look at it as what to do and what not to do, this classifies as one of those. Really? Yeah, and I'll explain to that later. When was the last time you seen this? Jurassic uh, Park? Yeah. I would say almost 10 years ago. It's been a long that time. That long? Wow. Yeah, but I remember a lot. It, it, it sticks with you when watching the film. Like you remember oh, all no, the iconic things, and everybody always talks about them. So that's why I'm intrigued to say, like, the what nots is the interesting part that I'm curious what you right. find. Granted, like Jurassic Park is part of our pop culture. Yeah. You know, rightly so, because it's, it's done very well, but again, it's not. And again, I mean, I studied a little bit of film in college. You know, I just watched it last night. It still holds. I'll give it that. It still holds in the sense of excitement, thrills, action, even suspense or horror. And again, like a lot of stuff that you do remember is pretty much what a lot of people remember because, again, it's part of our pop culture. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, a man who's done such amazing work, Jaws, Schindler's List, E.T., but the list goes on and on. He is a pioneer, no, no question about it. But... I think on this film, he was taking chances that really made no sense. To give an example, I said spoilers, right? Uh, well, now. Anyway, they're going back to the island, or they're heading to the island for the first time. They, you know, the Three Musketeers plus Hammond, the yeah. creator of Jurassic Park. Hammond has his back towards the pilot. So they're going nose first towards the island. The way the camera's cut, he points because he's facing the three musketeers. He's facing Ellie, Grant, and Malcolm. I know what you're talking and about. He points. There it is. He points like in their direction, even though the island is behind him. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. No, that was the thing I remember uh, getting pointed out a while ago. But in, in this case, like... This is one of those things like editing mistake in our favor. The movie overshadowed the errors. I agree. In the sense like the movie is so good that you ignore the, the foobos. The right? foobos? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm calling it. The foobos. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene because it's, it's funny because that scene is also still a good scene with that, with that flaw. Because you 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 have the sound score that was still going on at that moment. Mm -hmm. You're getting captivated by what he's trying to say and like those those performances that are doing even in the helicopter um, helicopter scene, arguably mundane as it would be. You're really interested in see oh what's coming up 
And if you're trying to rewatch it, you're like, oh, this is the scene where they introduce the island. You, your mind does block out those flaws. Yeah, because there's a lot of information going on and you're trying to understand what's going on. The movie has a great pace. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that's very simple. Like a lot of movies back in the 80s and 90s, it gets to the point right away. It puts you in danger or the characters in danger right away. Granted, here, it takes a little bit longer for mm-hmm. them to be in danger but it happens but there's like a build up it's like a slow there's a world ride up a, yeah but it's like a slow roller coaster climb mm-hmm. you gain the landscape you're seeing how the steep is going you're getting to feel that you're in for a ride for your life another one is when they're about to feed i think the t-rex or the velociraptors but with a cow oncoming screen walking forward you see grant and hammond on his right side and then they cut upward to the cow and then hammond is immediately on the left side of grant so i'm like looking like what again there's like that continu- uh, continuity factor there of scene to scene or cut scene to cut scene another one is when grant and yeah ellie they first see the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs are walking as a pack there's trees all around them but when they cut from the behind them to see the dinosaurs walking in the pack, there's no trees. <laughs> it's just open land. And I'm like, but they're just surrounded by trees. The trees so, also move. Apparently so. I guess back in then, you know, the prehistoric, the trees had a life of their own. So like things of that nature that I see kind of bothers me. And again, a mistake that you would, as a film student, should never make. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're taught. Again, Steven Spielberg, a craftsman or a master in the craft, took chances. It worked. Extremely well. But, and again, it's, it still has that horror effect. It still has that suspense. Even though I've seen it so many times, I still get that rush of the characters not making it. True. Also in here, uh, Samuel Jackson. Grab on to your butts. Right. <laughs> right before he was known as... Samuel Jackson, he was still like a working actor. He wasn't in the game as he is now, or he has been in the, in the past 20 years. Yeah. You also have B.D. Wong, who has been in the Jurassic franchise several times. Mm-hmm. You also have here the kids, one who played Timmy, Joseph Mazzello. You may or may not recognize him, but he was in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. He was the bass player. I don't think I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. And then, you know, Ariana Richards, Lex. We know her from our other previous review, our previous throwback review of Going to Get You Sucker. Yeah. <laughs> preach, brother, preach. Newman from Frasier. He pretty much played Newman. The same. Yeah. I guess you could say he was typecast. Kind of, yeah. But he, but he plays it well. Cannot knock it. I can't remember. Was uh, It wasn't Frasier. It was actually Seinfeld. But uh, what did uh, I say, Frasier? Yeah, uh, they were around the same time frame. But uh, was Seinfeld going on before Jurassic Park or after? I don't know. Get us, know. get us in the comments. Do you remember a scene that that you appreciated, got, or enjoyed? Oh, here's another thing. Before that, another fou pas. When the T Rex presents itself, where Grant and Malcolm and the kids are there, and that lawyer, he just walks out on the other side of the fence. There is no difference of surface but when the jeep is pushed over the fence there's a huge cliff the same area where he just walked through now is about 30 feet deep again how is that possible where he just walked up on top of the fence easily didn't use any trees or any of that as as leverage and he pushed 
the Jeep over the same opening. It was over the same exact opening that he went through? Pretty much, because he just stayed local. Because he came up, and remember, he was right by that Jeep of the of the kids. Yeah, but we're talking about the Jeep when they're like being chased. I'm not talking about the Wrangler. I'm talking about the other, like the, the, oh, the tour, the tour like the, Jeeps. Uh, uh, the, the Wrangler tour. versus the Cherokee. Again, how is that possible? Of course, when you watch it the first, I guess, five times, you don't really don't think about it. But after the sixth one, you're like, wait a minute. Hey. So, funny scientific fact. T-Rexes are like goats. They climb mountains. Okay. If so. I'm, I'm joking. That mountain that, was, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that, that mountain was flat as hell. On a serious note, goats do climb mountains that are like pretty much like no. this. No, and, I get it. Yeah. But, but it's not smooth, like a concrete wall. Oh, was it smooth? Yes. Oh. Uh, and then when the T-Rex tries to break the roof and eat the kids, you can see that the roof, not only does it pop out of place, the glass or the shield breaks. Yeah. Then it goes back to him and is completely whole. And I'm like, how? Wait. So, okay. They, huh? All right. Sure. I mean, it broke, and in a way where the teeth can actually grab the the size of the plexiglass, yeah, and take it off. But somehow it got a little bigger and fixed after it broke. I find that quite genius. The I only um, hoopa, as you like to call it, uh, that I can think of was the end scene. Oh, it, when the T Rex shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, everybody's like the T Rex just pops up, the, like. Where you first see the T-Rex, you feel the vibrations, you hear it, you get the shaking in the water. Everybody's being chased by the raptors. And then out of nowhere, like a giant like a ninja, ninja. <laughs> this T-Rex comes out, kills the raptor. It's like, I've come to save the day and roars throughout the, the museum. Uh, and so, um, Oh, and then, and then they just walk by them. They establish that don't move. Or he'll see you. And what do they do? They walk, run right by him. Yeah, even though he is being attacked by the Velociraptor, he could see that movement as a threat and attack them. But they go right by, almost touching him or yeah. it. So I was like. He turned into Godzilla at that moment. He's like, I'm here to save today. That was the one scene that I remember. That was the one flaw. The fupa. Yeah, the one fupa. So uh, you were asking me, uh, what's a scene that stuck out to me that I remember that's not a fupa? I mean, there's always the classic scenes uh, that everybody always remembers. Kind of remember the scene where the girl gets sneezed on. Oh, that's when she they were hiding. Yeah. Right? They're, 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 rest, they're resting, and she's still scared, thinking that all dinos are, are dinosaurs or carnivores. And then uh, they uh, was it a bronchiosaurus or bronchiosaurus? Yeah, like, I think she called it a, veg- a veggie-saurus. A veggie-saurus. they couldn't... Because she wasn't as, I want not say intelligent, but not as well-versed in that field where like exactly. her brother was. Yeah. Her brother was big into it. She wasn't. So they what they did was they made it easier for her to understand like who's the threat, who are not the threat. As a kid, that was uh, hilarious to me. As an adult, I do remember like the scene where you have Newman trying to escape, yes. and then he's in the jeep. Like he gets lost, turn around, and he encounters. I forget the name of the spitter. That was scary. That's a, that's an intentionally scary scene. And they yes. did have some really good tense uh, suspension scenes because that that spitter it kind of gives vibes like aliens. There was a lot yes. of alien vibe, and not the first one. I'm going with the second one. 
because there was a lot of tension vibes with that. When you first find out what happens with Samuel Jackson, that was also a tense moment, tense scene. Which there's a fan theory that have about that. What is it? It got disproven, but when they were talking about bringing back the uh, the Jurassic Worlds, in reality, Samuel Jackson's character survived, and now he's the new villain, and he's the one that's <laughs> he's the one that orchestrated everything about how the the DNA of the dinosaurs was escaping well, and everything like that. You find out in the sequels, DB Wong's character is, is actually like a, yeah, but yeah, uh, the that was a fan theory because like you never really see Samuel L. Jackson die. You see his arm, so you can assume right. Yeah, but that'd be kind of funny because that's the second movie that I know of that Samuel Jackson lost an arm, but we didn't see him actually die. Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he got his arm cut off as well. Yeah, that scene with with I want to say Newman, but it's not Newman. It's like nerdy or something like that. Like, Nedry, Nedry. Yeah, that you call him Ned. The alien is just there. It's like just looking. It already has a menacing look to it already. I would not say like a uh, prey upon his food, but you know it's not going to be fun. Here goes another food paw. It's down the creek. It spits on Ned, and then Ned is freaking out, trying to get into the Jeep. Somehow that creature, let's say it is the same creature, goes in, into the passenger seat, and just waits for him there, and just kills him. So I, I was like, that was a little too convenient. I mean, it, get, it could be like more than one, like oh, like we said, but I mean, it could be like a dog. A, you know, a dog see the door open, and it just goes in, doesn't know if it's your car. <laughs> I just... Uh, the door is already open, but it just seemed like it went fast around. Maybe, maybe it did. I mean, the thing is, we're seeing him go into that Jeep. Yeah. The whole time, the door is open, but we don't ever see that creature go in. There's several scenes I do like. I like um, pretty much almost every scene with the kids. Yeah. The scene with the kids are like, well, for me, were scene stealers, especially when the action was happening, where they're trying to get, oh, <laughs> I got a lot of mistakes where, again, when you first see it a few times, you don't really think about it. Especially around that time, like, A, we're captivated by the special effects. Steven Which was Spiel- amazing. They they were. And I gotta, I'm going to ask you about that uh, in a little bit. But also, a lot of the actors were really good actors. Like we said, if you get captivated enough into a film and you're enjoying the experience your mind will block out the negatives. And I do believe there, there was even like a, a experiment where you can get a paragraph where you're reading and they'll just r- remove words. So the sentences are incomplete, but your mind will fill in the blanks by default. Or that the words are moved around, but you read it in one way and then it says like, a, you misread it. Look at yeah. it again. And you're like, oh snap, I did. So, you know, and it's just how your mind is tricked. They had a, a great combination of CGI and practical effects. True. And there's some funny stories so, about those practical effects. Like what? The T-Rex. That was a big practical effect thing. One, a lot of the people were scared about being around the T-Rex because it would have malfunctions. Like it would literally jerk and move around or snap on its oh. own. Um, and that was because it would get constantly wet. So it was like shorting out and like it would literally have sharp jagged movements uh, on its own. So people were afraid of it. Secondly... Uh, it also gained weight as they were filming. Does a machine gain weight? Because the outer makeup of the, uh, the was also used by latex and foam. Also, the water. Yeah, and so like when they by the time they were doing like the final scene, they had to like digitally like drop weight or make it gain weight. I just wanted it too because mm-hmm. like the scenes where it was out in the rain, it was soaking up the moisture and they couldn't get right. that out. 
So they, right. in post, they had to adjust the CGI version of it so they could match the size. Well, that's pretty damn good because they did a great job then. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive back in 1996 or 93. And when you so, consider it, like, they had to do all that stuff before they released it in 93. So technically, even earlier than that. I think Industrial Lights and Magic was the people for Impost. He made you believe dinosaurs can exist. When uh, the video DNA presentation, couldn't help but think of Loki. Oh, yeah. Last minutes in that explanation, how time stream works and how the DNA thing worked. Loki series got inspired by what happened here in Jurassic Park and their presentation for explanation of... I, I can see that because, like, again, if you guys haven't seen Loki, you should watch it, but... Just episode one, when they're going to Miss Minutes, explaining the timeline, is pretty much the introduction of explaining how they get the dinosaur DNA. It just works. It could be wrong or whatever, but it, it just makes sense. For the adults, actors. Oh, I went. I forgot. The other foopaw, in the sense of when they're trying to escape down the tree yeah, and try to get down before the, the vehicle crashes on top of them, I'm going like, why don't you just... Go to the other side of the tree. There's a big enough tree. There's branches all around. It's heading down in one direction. I understand. It's all about the drama, the suspense of it all. But it would have been like, just go there. And then maybe meet a new danger. There's another creature there way on the side, what have you. But I just found it funny that they went straight down. Almost like, you know, it's like you don't run straight away from someone who has a bow and arrow or gun. You go side to side yeah, like in a movie or a cartoon like you see uh, something falling straight down and everybody just keeps running straight and like you right. got, you're clear on left and right but you're just gonna run down the middle and again first few times you accept it you take it you you you're, you embrace it then you're like wait a minute so again everything that dealt with the kids was awesome fighting the velociraptors mm -hmm. at the at the hall in the kitchen electric fence the and toilet then the toilet the lawyer ran to the toilet well not well not him i don't mean i'm not about him I'm talking about <laughs> i'm just talking about the kids oh. i'm glad he i'm glad he was taken care of but for adults you gotta give it to jeff copeland oh he stole that the show man. oh my god he he was mr rockstar the way yeah. he walked out the way he carried himself the way he laid himself they the did shirt depict open. him as a scientist rock star and that's pretty no. much like, yeah. And that was the funny thing is like, he's depicted as a scientist rock star, but the other scientists are like, are you really a scientist? I'm mean, like, do you really know what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Those, that's the kind of vibe that you get when you're watching mm -hmm. them interact with him. Was it he deals in chaos theory or something like that? Yeah. So exactly it's, right. it's more uh, theoreticals that he deals with and it just applies. And then of and course the famous line, nature finds a way. That character or the way he presented that character, it, it felt like that's the Jeff Goldblum that we know and love that we see today. Yes, it is. His his rhythm, his timing, his cadence. Because we've seen him in The Fly. We've seen him in Big Chill. Earth Girls are easy. Right. And he wasn't like that. Yeah. But here it was just more like him being him. We've seen that also in Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And it works. His quirkiness, his comedic timing, it totally works. And I love it. And again, like I said, when he's laid out and his shirt is open, almost like he's at the beach, but he's fully clothed. Yeah. Giving, giving that, that hunk vibe. Which, I mean, if I just find it hysterical because they just zoomed on him. There's actually a statue yeah. of of that pose, of him. I don't know. I don't remember where he's at. He got a photo. He got a selfie with it, too. That's great. Now, I watched Jurassic Park 2. I, dress, I watched Jurassic Park 3. I watched the, the world sequels as well. Jeff Goldblum you know, reprises his character four times. 
he does it. He, you know, he reprises it in Jurassic Park One. two, and two. Well, that's not. He reprises it in two. Oh, okay. He does it in the second Jurassic World, I believe. He does a cameo. Yep. And then he's in this one. Yep. And now I don't remember Jurassic World two in a way that his mannerism is the same. It's, it's more different now in a sense. He knows what's up. Yeah. See, I'm trying to remember how he acted. He was more. He was more. Well, that's the thing, and that's the funny. Charismatic thing. in this one, he was more charismatic in Jurassic World, a Jurassic Park. Of the three Jurassic Parks, Jurassic Park 2 is the one that's more forgotten. I was about to say that, yes. Mm -hmm. I was highly disappointed where the action suspense of one brought to the table. This was not the same. Two did not match. Three, though, three did match the intensity of one. It went more comical, a lot more scenes than uh, than one. Which one? Which one did? Number three. Some of the performances wasn't as good, but it was way better than two and i always yeah. laugh because when they started doing the jurassic worlds i'm like did no one remember what happened in two dinosaurs roaming the streets in two and <laughs> but they're like yeah we're not gonna acknowledge that i don't know if they acknowledge it in the second and sequels to jurassic world but in jurassic world the first un- one, it was never acknowledged and unfortunately part two was also directed by steven spielberg i don't think he was on set i think he was on, on location on another film for the most part so it wasn't 100% there. Yeah, I think he was doing two movies at the same time. I could be wrong, but that's what it, mm. I think that's what happened. I mean, how else was this so bad in comparison to the first one with the same director? Now, granted, point. Steven Spielberg did Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Raiders of the Lost Ark is a lot better than Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is good, but in the sense of... Of the three, everybody will put Temple of Doom as a third as the third part. I, growing up, I was a big fan of Temple of Doom, but that was like my first introduction to Indiana Jones. So that's right. where I was a fondness. But then they, you know, that got shafted into hierarchy of greatness when they came out with the skull. <laughs> Crystal Skull boosted my movie to greatness. Uh, I try not to think of that one at all. Besides the full pause, what else uh, did you not like? Funny enough, it's like even as a kid, the fact that the movie was like, slow like you said it had a slow start slow beginning i that didn't bother me as a kid growing up which is actually a testament of the film there wasn't a scene that really stuck out to me like ah this was a garbage scene or i didn't like this or i would skip past this scene growing up as a kid and my adulthood i wasn't really like couldn't enjoy the scene if anything the brachiosaurus cgi uh not the practical effect the cgi oh i talk about when they first introduced when they first introduced them the last time i saw it i felt like that part didn't hold up for the CGI aspect. And I'm like, okay, maybe that could have, you know, been trimmed. I like I loved a lot of the scenes. Like even the scene with the uh the uh triceratops in a mountain of poo. That was practical. I, I the thing about that movie that stuck with me was the practical effects was actually stellar. The CGI for that time was great, but CGI over years if it's not above yeah. the t- uh, status loses the effect. Let's say like an anniversary comes up Try to rewrest that. Yes, they should redo the CGI. What a lot of companies do now is that they transfer the movies from DVD to Blu-ray to 4K. True. But nothing really improves. They keep it the same just to give it a better resolution, but they don't fix the mishaps where they couldn't do back then, but they can do now. Yeah. Because all they needed to do with with that scene that you're mentioning is just more like, Clean it up with the lighting to match because it looked it looked flat. Let yes. it make, make it more stand out, pop out a little bit more. And that would have been 
great. It's a classic. It'll always be a classic. Even with all the food pass, it works still. Yeah. I mean, is it safe to say that this is worth the watch? I would say absolutely. Worth the buy? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, me too. Will I buy it if they if they fix it? They may fix it with this new movie coming out as a box set to make it as a... So wait a minute. Hold up. Came out in 93, right? That's what you said. Just a shy of 30 years of the new movie coming out. Man, it would have been kind of cool as 30th anniversary. Well, maybe they'll do it for their 30th anniversary. Well, when you think about it, like by the time they air this out, and then they release it on like 4K and whatnot. They'll probably do a full box set by like 2023. So they'll say like 30th anniversary resale. Guess who who's one of their producers? Do you know? Uh, they get shit on now almost every day. There's so many. Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. She produced a lot of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas stuff. Projects, yeah. She gets crapped on all the time. And it's not really her fault. They, they, they blame her. They want to blame her except for the people who are really at fault. True. In the sense of like, never mind, never go there. But <laughs> it's a whole deep discussion elsewhere. Yes. That is our throwback review of Jurassic Park ahead of Jurassic Dominion. That's premiering on June 10th, my birthday. I was going to do Speed, but I thought, why not do Jurassic Park and Jurassic World? Make a full circle. Until the next time, we'll be the next time. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you, bro.